All right, so this is a new episode with Shauna Yu, and we are on the quad on a beautiful spring day. And so you may hear the chapel bells, you may hear the silent movements of Tai Chi going on by, it's just the rustle of wind. Um, so there will be sounds around us, um, but it, it's too nice to stay inside today. Um, and so Shauna is a neuroscience major um, and she is graduating with honors. She's from Dobbs Ferry, New York, and she is a team member on the cross country team. And there are the bells. I'm gonna wait. Okay. And she is a leader, or the leader, for the Harpswell Community Mentoring Program. And so I am going to lead us through a conversation where we're going to hit on three questions. And the three questions are, um, what's most important to you? What does a liberal arts education mean to you? And what do you wish your professors knew about you? And I'll be responsible for taking us and winding us through those questions. So don't worry about that. So, um, what is most important to you? Um, I think right now what's most important to me, obviously like the people in my life, like my family and my friends, like on graduation weekend I'm really seeing like all the people that are coming and like I'm excited to see everybody that's really important to me in my life. And then I think another thing is also just like right now like keeping my options open, like making sure like whatever I do after college it's not like just putting me towards one path and that mm. I can like explore other options if I want to. One of the things I've noticed about students lately, and I'm curious if you feel like you fall into this camp at all, but the, the, there's a fear that if you go down one route, that somehow you're shutting doors on all these things and that there's an anxiety around that. Yeah. It, does that capture a concern you might have? Yeah, I think that's definitely a concern that I have and that I've heard, like, my friends have, too. Because I feel like, especially coming from a place like Bowdoin, where you get to, like, dabble in all sorts of different, mm. like, academic mm -hmm. subjects and areas, that it's hard to know, like, what exactly you want right now. And that, like, there's this fear that if you take one path, that like, you might not be able to go back and, like, explore other places that mm. you might have once been interested in or, like, figure out that you're interested in later on. Do you have any experiences of that actually happening to you? No, I haven't. <laughs> actually, so I guess I don't know how like well-founded that fear is. But yeah, no, I haven't really had that happen. I guess I'm more scared of it happening post-graduation. Mm -hmm. But also like, I don't know, like there's like that statistic that like you change jobs seven times before, yep. like in your 20s or whatever. So like obviously people don't know what they want to do right away and that they, there's always that room to switch. I'm going to maybe have to start asking this question regularly <laughs> of people because this is a pervasive concern and I'm just curious if it's founded empirically on anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like so far like... You, there really haven't been any doors that have been shut. Okay. But I guess, like, one thing would be, like, I don't know, like, depending on, like, which college you choose. Like, some colleges don't have certain majors or, like, mm -hmm. certain areas of study. So that sort of shuts that door. But also I feel like whenever you take a new path, you, like, shut some doors but also open others. So it's sort of like a trade-off. Like, exactly. 
Did you come to Bowdoin knowing you wanted to pursue neuroscience? Yeah, so I came to Bowdoin knowing, I thought that I knew I wanted to pursue neuroscience in French, like a double major in both. So <laughs> freshman year I took a couple French classes and then realized that the next class that I would have had to take in order to advance in the major I like, wasn't super interested in, so I decided to just drop that because I didn't really want to like waste a class at Bowdoin where I could be exploring something else. So, and I knew I wanted to do neuroscience because in high school I really loved my bio class and we did like a little bit of neuro and that was the subject that I was most interested in. But yeah, and then I never knew, I never thought I'd want to do education. That was a total like, just discover that one on a whim. Yeah, now did you get a minor in education studies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, right on. Um, I thought so, but then you didn't tell me that that, that should be part of your, um, that that should be part of your... Uh, intro, so I was yeah. like, oh, maybe that didn't maybe that didn't happen, and I won't mention it to her to make her feel bad. No, yeah, that happened. I actually, I remember sophomore year, when I was, when did I take, I took 101 sophomore fall, I think, and so I was deciding between that class and Econ 101, and I was thinking, like, oh, like, Econ would be so practical, like, you should probably know something about, like, economics and all that, but then I watched some documentary on Netflix about, like, education, and I was like, <laughs> oh, like, I really want to take that class, it sounds really cool. And then that led me down. And so you ke- you decided to keep you decided to keep going. That's great. Did you so no regrets about shutting the door on French? No, no regrets. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what do you like about neuroscience? And I'm hoping that you might help me understand that my perception is that people can take two sort of routes through neuroscience, Mm. one that's more psychology-based and one that's more biologically-based, and maybe you can tell me if my perception is correct and then tell me more about what makes you love that subject. Yeah, so it's definitely, there are two faculty members in bio and two in psychology, and so for your mid-level courses, you can take, those are like the ones with labs, so you can take you have to take three of those for the major, so you actually can't do all three of them in the bio department and all three of them in the psych department. So they okay. try to get you to like have a mix of both bio and psych, but there definitely is like I know people who've done like very heavy like molecular bio, and then other people who've done more psych in neuro. And I think I'm like I feel like I'm pretty evenly split. Maybe a little more on the psych side. So I've taken two of the psych oh, mid level okay. courses and one of the bio ones, but I think. What really draws me to neuroscience is I've always been really interested in how people like think and how they behave. And I feel like biology is like one sort of side of like something that like one thing that contributes to their mm-hmm. thoughts and behavior and like the other thing would be like culture and society, I guess. But I think I'm really interested in neuro because it combines sort of the biological with the psychological, which incorporates some of the like societal and cultural right. aspects of that. And yeah, so I really like how our department exposes you to both the bio and psych side of things. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of choose which one you find more interesting and go down a specific path if you want. Great. So is that part of what um, interested you in education in terms of the how do people learn? Or was it more of the social and institutional factors about education that drew you in? Yeah, I think for me, for education, I've always been really interested in, like, child development and child welfare Mm -hmm. and all that. So two of the major topics that I'm interested in is, is, like, childhood health and also education because I feel like those two 
are sort of two major factors that like contribute to how children develop and like how they like progress through their life. And so for me, I don't think education was really about the like institutional factors, mm -hmm. but more of like how children learn and like how like different levels of education can impact their lives later on. Did you do any internships or summer jobs or summer research um, related to either neuroscience or education? Yeah, so over the summers, I've spent the past two summers at Bowdoin doing neuro research, and I've done like behavioral neuro research. And then, so that's... What does that, what does that mean to people who don't know what that means? What is that? Yeah, so like the specific thing I study is like sounds kind of funky, but it's, we're studying how like goldfish process like social stimuli from potential mates, so like how male goldfish react to like sensory stimuli, like visual cues and like olfactory cues and stuff like that. And so that's sort of like the behavioral side of neuroscience, like how social cues influence like subsequent behavior. And then and goldfish. Yeah. And goldfish. So how can you tell what? <laughs> how can you tell how a goldfish is responding? So well, I mean, because yeah. does a goldfish smile or <laughs> no, so tell a joke? <laughs> I mean. So one of the ways that you can measure behavior is like you have a, you can put like one of the experiments that has been previously done is like you have a male in a tank and then you separate a male and a female with like a clear partition so that the male can see the female and then you can tell like how much you can measure how much time the male spends up close to the female to see like okay. if they're like attuning to the visual cues of like a female over a male and something like that. Are all um, goldfish heterosexual? I don't know. I'm just curious. I, I didn't know if you'd have an answer to that. I didn't I expect you to, but I, but I was just sort I mean, of—I was just sort of curious if. Yeah. I mean, I guess to like spawn, they have to have like right. eggs in the sperm. But like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be hard to tell their right. like I don't, preference. Right. Well, I was just curious if you know you could potentially make a hypothesis that you know. Yeah. The, the I'm not. I'm just not that into you. From <laughs> like the male goldfish to the female goldfish might be about sexual orientation yeah. rather than or you know s sexual behavior rather than yeah I don't know that's interesting just thought I never I'd, thought about that <laughs> just thought I'd ask a random question about something I know nothing about for fun um that sounds really great so have you been able to be uh published in any research papers or so not yet but the research that I did this past year for my honors project were like doing follow-up experiments this summer, like other people in the lab, and then hopefully we'll be able to turn that into a paper. So that's exciting. That's really exciting. So what yeah. did it mean to do an honors project? How is that different than, is that uh, writing up and really engaging in the research you did over the summers and finding ways to integrate that into academic work? Or what does it mean in neuroscience to do a honors yeah. project? So for our honors requirements, it's like you have to spend 10 to 15 hours in the lab every week like doing your experiments. And then you have to write a thesis and like go to these talks and stuff. And basically the thesis is like, it's kind of like a giant lab report where you like write up like your experimental methods mm -hmm. and like conclusions and stuff. But then also a large part of it is like situating your research within an existing body of literature. Mm -hmm. And so I actually found that right. I'm, I'm nearly <laughs> going to be stung by a bee right now. That's what Shana and I are laughing. I'm wearing an orange shirt and I think that mm. maybe yeah. it's attractive to the bee. Okay. Um, so actually what I found really rewarding about it was like actually writing the paper because I really like writing and I mm -hmm. thought it was really cool to see where our current experiments like fit within the body of work and like look at like where gaps are and like which things haven't been studied 
Hmm. And you try to fill those in. You are a very good writer. Um, do you hope to combine writing, you know, to integrate writing into one of the things that you do next that you hope will not shut the door on other <laughs> things that you hope to do? I mean, so do you have, do you have uh, any sort of directions you're heading in in the next um, short bit? So after graduation, I'm working as a research assistant in a pediatric endocrinology lab at the NIH in DC. So that's exciting. I don't really, so like recently I've been really loving research. Like I really want to do that in the future. Like I don't really, I feel like I don't really want to stop that. But I'm also really into like clinical work and like public health. So like mm. I don't really know which direction I'm going in. So I'm hoping that like I'll be in DC, like I'll get to experience like the clinical side and like research side and like maybe some of the policy side too. So and aren't there out. aren't there programs too where you can get your master's in public health and a PhD at the same time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, and which would continue the theme of shutting the door on nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I don't really know what I like. I'm pretty sure I want to go to med school, but I also know I want to keep doing research and maybe do some public health. I'm not really oh, sure. Oh, so it might be MD PhD then. Mm, I'm not sure about that. That takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm up for that. But maybe like MD MPH. Ah, okay. But yeah, I don't know. I, I figure like, I'll I like, like that we can just play like acro yeah. you know acronym <laughs> roulette here. Yeah, I figure I'll just like or not acronym, but yeah. Initial, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Abbreviation. <laughs> abbreviation. Abbreviation roulette. Yeah. I figure I'll just, like, figure it out when the time comes. I don't really know. You are remarkably laid back about about sort of all of this for someone who may be med school bound, right? Like, normally, at least my experience is many med school bound people can be pretty uh, tightly wound around yeah. getting getting to their goals. Um is this, is this sort of equanimity a result of senior week? Is it <laughs> an attitude you have always brought? Is it hard won and you finally got into a place where you can relax about it? I'm curious where that comes from. Yeah, um, I think part of it is definitely senior week. Like I've just been relaxed all week and it's been great. But I think generally I've been, like, always been, like, a pretty laid-back person. And I feel like... I just have to, like, like if I want to, like, work for something, like, it's going to happen or it's not. Like, I can, like, do the best I can and it's going to happen or it's not. And so, yeah, I think it helps. I'm taking two years off before med school, so it's not, like, a lot of pressure yet. And mm -hmm. I'm very happy that I'm taking those gap years because I, like, definitely, I'm not the kind of person who can go straight through, like, eight years mm -hmm. of school. Yep. It's a lot. Have you ever felt like being relaxed? at Bowdoin was a liability in any kind of way? And maybe let us just listen to the bells for a moment. You can ponder. Um, so about like being relaxed, being a liability. Mm -hmm. it, what, did you ever perceive it as that, or did you feel like Oh, I'm really lucky that I'm not getting wrapped up in some stressful kind of behaviors. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been, been stressed at Bowdoin. It's not like that never happens. <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know. I don't think it's been that much of a liability. 
I guess I don't really think about it that much. Like, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I have been stressed, but, like, you, like, really can't do much about it. Like, I feel like if you're stressed, like, I don't know. I like to run a lot. Like, that's what helps me really mm-hmm. stress. So I think that's a big contributor. Right. Are most of your friends in um, the sciences, or are they all over the place? What, what, what's your friend group look like? That's an interesting question. I think actually a lot of them are in the sciences. Um, a lot of my good friends are friends I've made in my freshman dorm in Appleton. Actually, a lot of them are education minors. Hmm. And then a lot of people on the cross-country team are also science majors. So I think there's a pretty good mix. Like science, social, econ. I feel like we touch on most of them. Yeah. Um, would you say that you're... Um, I've been asking everyone this lately, so I'm just asking you because if I'm yeah. going to ask everybody, maybe I, I don't know, maybe, yeah. it's an, maybe I include it. Um, are, would you describe um, your friend group as racially, socioeconomically, religi- religiously, economically diverse or more or less homogenous? Um, I feel like it's pretty homogenous. At least my friend group in high school, I feel like, was a lot more diverse. And I'm not really sure. I guess the demographics of my town are like slightly different from Bowdoin's. But I feel like my friend group here were like pretty homogenous in terms of like socioeconomic background and mm-hmm. like race kind mm-hmm. of. But yeah, I feel like it definitely was a big change from high school in terms of my friend group. And I'm not really yeah. sure how that ended up happening actually. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's interesting to see like my friends from high school, we all like went to college and I think we drastically changed. And so like hmm. I don't know, like I think I went to Bowdoin and like got a lot more preppy and then like my <laughs> friend Sophia went to Middlebury and got a lot more like outdoorsy yep. and I feel like people just went down different paths. So it's kinda of cool to see how that turned yeah. out. So you've touched a lot on aspects of a liberal arts education, um, especially in thinking about um, keeping paths open and exploring different things. Um, what does a liberal arts education mean to you, or how has it been important to you? Yeah. Um, I think for me, definitely, it's been important to like keep doors open, because I feel like I am a neuro major, and I think that's like 13 courses, but like that's 13 out of 32, so you have like all these other courses that you can use to dabble in other subjects. And I feel like it's like super easy for somebody at Bowdoin to major in the sciences, and also take classes in other departments. And even though, I feel like, even I think one of the good things about Bowdoin is that we don't get credit for our labs. So I know, like, I have a friend at Ithaca who's a science major, and she gets, like, one and a half credits for each of the labs that she takes. Okay. So, like, some semesters she's only taking science classes because yeah. she, ha- she can, like, get enough credits with those classes because the labs mm-hmm. count for, like, extra. And, like, since our labs don't, you need to take four classes. So, mm-hmm. like you're able so like it's like very rare for somebody to take four science classes in a semester right. so you're sort of forced to branch out right into in fact that seems like it would be deadly yeah that's and, not a drag yeah <laughs> um even taking three yeah can it's be a, yeah, it's deadly if, if they are sort of 200 2000 mm-hmm, yeah, level like or above. um i've actually heard from students who are in the social sciences and in humanity, whose mm-hmm. majors are in the social sciences and humanities, that they actually think that um, students in the, in the sciences 
are the best embodiment really? of the liberal arts because you're actually taking a lot of science classes yeah. and then taking, as you mentioned, many other courses that are going to be um, social science mm-hmm. and humanities and the art and the arts. Um, and they can get away with maybe yeah. taking one, like one, yeah, one science course. Yeah, I think for like in terms of that, I think it's hard. I feel like it's harder for people who major in the humanities to take multiple science courses because I feel like because I think there are a lot of prereqs for the science courses. Mm-hmm. So like if you were there are like the sub one hundred level ones which I think are pretty interesting like like bird song. Yeah, do you think you're, they're interesting, or are you? Or, I think or, they're really cool. So you don't, as a as a science major, you don't look at those and go, "Come on." No, I I wish I could take those, but like once you've taken like bio one hundred and one, I don't think you can go back. And, like, okay. The, but there's one about like the chemistry of like food, like what's in your food, mm. and I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. But yeah, I think it's hard to take. I think it's hard for humanities majors to take a lot of science courses because you sort of have to go through like Bio 101 or Chem 101, and I feel like those aren't always the most appealing courses to take. Because mm-hmm. like, like in the humanities, you can often skip right to the 200-level courses yep. and like really pick subjects that you're interested in yep. instead of just yep. like a general like writing course mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And it's true, right? It's hard. The, the most engaging classes are often not yeah. the ones that they are not the ones you need to take in order to... Right. Like, I think, yeah, like, this semester, my most engaging class was probably, we, I took a neuroseminar that was just called Topics in Neuroscience, and we basically just talked about whatever we want. Like, we read, like, whatever, pa- we, like, chose papers each class and, like, read whatever topic we were interested in. So that was cool. But, did like, ev- you need did to, everyone like, read the, did everyone read, in the course, read the same um, articles, or did each student read the article that they wanted to read? So the course was set up so that our, like, overarching topic was, like, neural disease. Okay. And then throughout the semester, you gave one group presentation, one pair presentation, and one individual presentation. So, like, when you were presenting, you could choose the paper and, like, send it to the class, and then they would read it, and then you'd come and, like, leave mm. the class for, a, like, 45 minutes or whatever. That sounds great. Yeah, that's great. Loved All right. So, final question. What do you wish your professors knew about you? And you can think about that looking back and saying, wow, no one ever found that out about me. <laughs> or you can imagine that you were taking courses next semester and you would hope that they would want to or find these things out about you. Yeah. That is the question. So, like, I, like, looked at, like, the three questions. That was the one that I couldn't really think about what I wanted to say. So, I guess, um, I think... One thing would be, like, if I'm, like, really quiet in your class, that doesn't mean I'm not engaged. I think that's just, like, mm-hmm. my personality. And then something that's been on my are mind. Are you shy or are you processing? I or think, something else? I think I'm the type of person who I really like to think out, like, exactly what I want to say before I say it. And I also sort of want to make sure it's relevant to, like, the discussion that's going on at the time. So, like, sometimes if the time's passed, I just, like, won't say because I feel like it's, right. like, not really adding anything. But I'm, like, I think I'm very bad at, like, thinking through my thoughts on the spot. So I like to have everything. Yeah. Like, done. what? So I'm going to ask you this because you are an education studies minor and you may have given some <laughs> thought to this in your coursework as, as well. Are there any um, 
Are there any kinds of techniques that a professor could use to help facilitate your participation and giving you more time to uh, prepare or think about what you want to say or you know because mm -hmm. I realize that often a class discussion can go very quickly yeah. and if you figure right. by the time you figured out what you want to say the relevance mm -hmm. may have yeah, evaporated yeah um, so there you are with your <laughs> wonderful thing to say but it's gone so yeah. are there any structures or um, techniques that you've seen or experienced that have worked for you yeah um I think I really like talking in small groups first and then, like, going to the larger class because then you can, like, discuss stuff and, like, figure out, like, what you want to say and then share. And then I think that's also why I like writing because, like, it gives me time to, like, really, like, organize my thoughts and, mm -hmm. like, put it all down. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has yeah, been this is great. lovely I to like talk this. to you, and I'm happy to see you. Yeah, this is awesome.